episode is on amenorrhea. Um, amenorrhea is absence of menstrual periods. Oligomenorrhea is infrequent menstrual periods. Uh, and there are many causes of amenorrhea, uh, so you need to have a logical uh, approach to the problem. It's important to note uh, the definition of a menstrual period. So if you're taking the oral contraceptive pill, you're having a withdrawal bleed rather than a menstrual period. They're termed periods, but they're in fact completely artificial. Uh, so their absence is not pathological, but simply iatrogenic. Uh, and some of the other forms of hormonal contraception, such as Mirena, Depo-Provera, and Inclinon, also have infrequent periods which are also iatrogenic rather than pathological. Uh, the physiology of menstruation um, is to just basically need to understand it. Uh, ovulation is controlled by a finely tuned set of hormonal feedback mechanisms. The cycling center in the hypothalamus secretes GnRH, gonadotrophin releasing hormone, and releases that in a pulsatile fashion. This travels down to the anterior pituitary. The changes in the frequency and concentration of GnRH bring about release of FSH. This then acts on the, surround, the cells surrounding follicles in the ovary to bring about growth and development of the egg. As the egg grows, it releases estradiol and this feeds back in. When a critical threshold of estradiol is reached, you get a short surge of LH and that triggers ovulation. After that, you get a corpus luteum, and that produces progesterone. If you don't get pregnant, the corpus luteum regresses, and the withdrawal of estradiol and progesterone causes endometrial breakdown and then blood loss. This is also accompanied by local release of prostaglandins. By contrast, administration of the oral contraceptive that causes the endometrium to grow in a less orderly way. You've got a uterine lighting that's generally thinner, more stable. So when you stop the hormones, you get a withdrawal bleed, which is so small and little, and it might even actually go unnoticed. The causes of amenorrhea can be considered as physiological, iatrogenic, or pathological. Physiological amenorrhea can occur in childhood and adolescence. It should only be considered pathological if you've got failure to begin menstruation in a 15-year-old girl, um, but only if you've got actual sexual development at the same time. If you still haven't got sexual development, that's normal. Physiological amenorrhea also occurs post-menopausally, in pregnancy, and for a period after pregnancy. Iatrogenic amenorrhea can be caused by oral contraceptive pills, progestins, GnRH agonists, and danazole. They've all been designed to suppress ovulation and therefore they also suppress menstruation. Other causes include drugs such as antipsychotics, cancer chemotherapy, pelvic irradiation through damage, endometrial ablation, because you don't have any endometrium left, and hysterectomy an obvious cause of amenorrhea. Pathological causes of primary amenorrhea 
So primary amenorrhea simply means no spontaneous menstrual period has ever occurred. So you've got primary and secondary. Generally, causes of primary amenorrhea can be classified according to the nature of the secondary sexual characteristics. Um, but you need to be aware of the influence of exogenous hormones. Primary amenorrhea can be called infantile, so you've got no sexual characteristics. Uh, the most common cause is Turner's syndrome, if you've got a short stature. If you're normal stature, it causes Kalman's syndrome. Or you have true gonadal dysgenesis. Primary amenorrhea can be masculinizing. And that can come from congenital adrenal hyperplasia causing too much ACTH, ovarian tumors that are secreting androgens, and true hermaphroditism. Feminizing primary amenorrhea can include congenital absence of the uterus and vagina, androgen insensitivity syndrome, which is a rare X-linked condition, Causes of pathological secondary amenorrhea can occur through disorders from the uh, hypothalamic ovarian axis. Hypothalamic pituitary ovarian uterine axis. It's usually associated with anovulation except for uterine causes such as Asherman's syndrome or endometrial ablation. So the causes are obesity, so basically uh, adipocytes will aromatize um, and convert adrenal steroids into weak estrogens and affect ovulation. Another cause is hypothalamic amenorrhea, such as during immediate, uh, severe stress, competitive sporting events or exams. Pituitary lesions such as prolactinomas, premature ovarian failure, uterine adhesions called Asherman's syndrome after curatage or for early pregnancy failure, and polycystic ovary syndrome. So, running over those causes again physiological amenorrhea can be pre pubertal, postmenopausal, pregnancy or after pregnancy. Iatrogenic amenorrhea can arise from hormones, drugs such as antipsychotics, cancer chemo, pelvic irradiation, and endometrial ablation and hysterectomy. Primary pathological amenorrhea can arise from infantile causes masculinizing causes and feminizing causes. Pathological secondary amenorrhea can arise from obesity. Hypothalamic amenorrhea, pituitary lesions, premature ovarian failure, uterine adhesions and picos.
So a suggested clinical approach is in the history to talk about medications, the menstrual cycle, any symptoms of pregnancy, symptoms of endocrine disorders such as androgenic thyroid, symptoms of menopause, psychological stress and weight changes. Uh, focusing on things like prolactinemia, PCOS, um, pregnancy, menopause, remembering that pregnancy is the most common cause. Physical exams should be appropriate and could include um, basic OBS, height, weight, BMI, waist to hip ratio, assessment of secondary sexual characteristics, looking for virilization or stigmata of chromosome abnormalities such as Turner's, examine the breast and thyroid, abdo exam, an external genitalia exam, and possibly a PV exam, though limiting it to those who have ever been sexually active. Investigations, the number one investigation you want to do is a beta HCG for pregnancy and it's always warranted. You could look at pituitary and ovarian hormone assays. So you could look at FSH, LH, progesterone, estradiol, prolactin, TSH, free androgen index, serum insulin levels. So persistently elevated FSH indicates ovarian failure. Elevated LH is common with patients with PCOS and they have especially elevated LH to FSH ratios. Elevated progesterone indicates recent ovulation or presence of an early pregnancy. Low levels of FSH, LH and progesterone are found with in hypothalamic amenorrhea. It can also be expected if you're taking the pill. Elevated prolactin is associated with lactation or pituitary microadenoma or drug treatment. Such as with antipsychotics. TSH can be elevated in hypothyroidism. Testosterone, etc. can be elevated in PCOS. Serum insulin is not that useful and tendency to overtreat through false positives. Serum estrogen is generally unhelpful. A better test is the progestogen challenge test, which looks for withdrawal bleed after administering a five-day course of progestogen, such as norethisterone. It's often used if there's any concern of long-term estrogen deficiency that may give rise to osteoporosis. Uh, imaging includes pelvic ultrasound scan uh, and other imaging such as CT or MRI with a pituitary fossa can be required if you're suspecting hyperprolactinemia. Uh, and chromosome analysis is virtually always necessary if you're considering primary amenorrhea. The treatment depends on the cause but includes explanation and reassurance. Uh, if you want to induce ovulation, you can use clomiphene or IVF. You can use hormone replacement therapy and use that if the condition is resulting in long-term estrogen or other hormone deficiency or if you're worried about osteoporosis. 
and surgery could be used if you've got Asherman syndrome or uh, if you have pituitary, thyroid or ovarian tumours. Uh, managing special cases would include PCOS. So the diagnosis of PCOS, you need two of three of at least 12 cysts in the ovaries, hyperandrogenism, either clinical or biochemical, and oligomere or amenorrhea, secondary to anovulation. Management is through weight control, uh, and um, ovulation can often be restored simply with that, and metformin. Um, if that doesn't work, you can use clomiphene, which achieves a 80% ovulation rate by itself and can be more effective if combined with metformin. You can do laparoscopic ovarian drilling or cyproterone and you'd use that in the first half of the month which is different from all the other progesterones where you use those in the second half of the month. And combined medications can be used as the source of ethanol estradiol such as Brenda 35, Diane 35, etc. So in summary, amenorrhea is common presenting complaint. Common causes, pregnancy, obesity and PCOS can be found. <laughs>